And we are back. Yeah, we are back. This is our, I guess this is our season two. Yes, except that I haven't really finished recording this theme song yet. I mean, I haven't started recording the theme song and yeah. we're back with a very different concept um do you want to explain what we're you? doing okay so we decided to make this podcast um a movies about podcast as opposed to a movies about music podcast and we're going to start we're going to have a series of themes and the next theme will be movies about places mm -hmm. and it will um we will explore movies that have a geographical entity as the main yeah like an mm -hmm. a geographical element i guess mm -hmm. as the narrative mm -hmm. core yes so it's a movie, movie about a place but obviously any movie takes place in a place in a place but, yeah um the place would have to be i think integral to the yes and it's usually a city or, you yeah. know, an island or something. But like a, a city, I think a city would be, yeah, like, or yeah. a place. Yeah. Like in the same way that music, our first season, music is essential to the story. Yes. In this case, the place is essential to the story. Yeah. So a good example would be like Wings of Desire, I think. Like oh, yeah. Berlin good is, one. Yeah. Vim Vendors. Yep. And, um, you know, one of the Woody Allen, <laughs> so many yeah, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen movies New York about movie. New York, yeah. um, like Manhattan, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but no documentaries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So same it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. So we're branching out a little. We're still going to mm -hmm. do the mov movies about music, too. But yeah. I think we're going to change the name of the podcast to Movies About. Right. Um, I do want to talk about the dog for a little bit. Oh, okay. Because we did talk about the dog during our last two podcasts. Yeah, kind of an update. And we've been away for a couple of months. Yeah. And um, we have been fostering a border collie named Sarah. She just, yeah, her ears twitched. Yeah. <laughs> for the past three months. It's, it'll be three mm -hmm. months in about a week. And um, we decided ultimately, we contemplated keeping her. We seriously tried to keep her. But um, ultimately... We decided to send her for adoption to California. Right. And she's leaving in about eight days, I think. Yep. And so this was kind of, for me, it was part of the reason we took a break because I was busy processing this amongst a, a plethora of things. Mm -hmm. um, and we, yeah, we thought we were going to have this life for a moment. We thought we were going to have this life with this border colleague. Yeah, we decided to keeper yeah and then um it got it just became very clear that border collies in particular a lot of dogs need their own space and you know they need to run around but border collies in particular need a lot of space to run around and roam and they also need to be um need much more exercise than the three to four hours we have been giving yeah, so her. So we've been daily. taking her out like three hours, three to four hours a day. Mm -hmm. We we take her out and she loves it, mm -hmm. but she like she needs a place, like a, yeah. an outdoor place that mm -hmm. is her own. And I think from my part, just came to the decision that, came to the conclusion that border collies and soul right. do not mix, or rather border collies and... Cities where there are, I would say, yeah, apartments. And also another important thing I want point i want to make is um they their instinct is to herd moving things and the only moving thing here is like like cars so or poodles right but cars so i there's a statistic there's a very unfortunate statistic in seoul 
the the overwhelming majority of dogs who get hit by cars and die are border collies. Oh, I didn't know that. So when I found that out, I decided she can't go to like a city like New York, you know, where people right. walk their dogs when there are cars, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. close to, because California is not like that. Like California, you... Well, not LA or not Southern California. You know, there's the the highway or the freeway, they call it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to a place, you park your car, and then you like actually go to a place where, you know, there are no cars that are... So that's what I like about LA. Also, she was already... There was an adoption agency that had already been committed to her. And there had been loads of adoption applications before we started fostering her. And so if she has a chance to go to a much better place that is much suited for her, better suited for her, I think it's fair that we... um, Yeah, I think we were feeling a little bit selfish by keeping her. Yeah. But all this to say, like, you guys, border collies, Australian shepherds, those animal, the the dog breeds that herd, think twice. Do research. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's not doable. Like, you know, you see these cute dogs yeah, on YouTube and TikTok. She's beautiful and she she's, gets all kinds of attention oh on God. the street. And yeah. people are like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is what a beautiful dog. And I yeah. feel s- guilty. Like, I want to say- Promoting her? Yeah. No, yes. don't do it for the dog's sake. Please don't yeah, do it. Yeah, because they're miserable. They have yeah. to fight their instincts constantly. Yeah. They are always understimulated because Border Collies have to be stimulated like mm-hmm. at all times. Or they're overstimulated because they're stimulated in the in a bad way. In a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like all of the cars and all the the noise and Ajima's having long conversations in cafes. About dogs. Yeah. I don't even (laughs) want to get into that. Okay. Let's Um, not get into that. But so, yeah, that's what's happening. Um, What else has happened? Well, there's one very big event that happened that I think is going to lead us into our first movie. Yes. For movies about places, Mm -hmm. which is... Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Yeah. And so we watched it again. Because I think it's a movie about Seoul. It's a movie about Seoul. And it also, there was an incident that happened. Uh, there's a neighborhood called Itaewon in Seoul, which is popular with young people. And I'm sure people have heard, but there was, I want to call it an incident. Yeah. An event where people got crushed to death. And these were people aged 10 to 20 years old, I heard. What's the latest count? I think the final count was 150. Oh, 150. Yeah. Yeah. So 150-ish people died. um, And it was tragic. And Mm -hmm. it was impossible not to think about that event as we were watching this movie. Yes. And I think this is kind of why we... Mm -hmm. We were trying to decide on a movie about Seoul. And it was actually kind of hard to come to an essential movie about soul. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we landed on this because it really is about, it really does show the the life, the lifestyle of soul. It doesn't show Itaewon, but it does show the lifestyle of, of soul and the culture that and the is unique values. to soul. And the values. And so we want to get into mm-hmm. that stuff and we'll probably keep cycling back to this event that happened. I don't know if you want to add on to what what, what were your takeaways from what happened? Uh, I decided not to talk about it because um, whatever I say is going to be used against me. I noticed that there is a culture of shaming anybody for anything. So if you're not saying the exact same thing that <laughs> the media is saying or, right. or, the know, public. or the public is saying, then you will get you ostracized. Know, yeah, yeah, ostracized. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will, they won't question you. They will just bury your opinion. Like they, you know, you can't really say anything. You can't, you can't really ask questions. That being said, um, you know, I, I'm not, the only thing that we can agree on, I think, is that 
It shouldn't have happened. It is tragic. And so many lives were lost in, in such a baffling way. And there's so much behind this that and it's like keep they they keep getting revealed right so mm -hmm. like the latest is um somebody from the uh the city office had obstructed evidence and then before he he yesterday he committed suicide wow i didn't know this yeah because he was accused of like the you know the the police told him to come to you know for mm. for an interrogation and he committed suicide. So they were. There's a lot of talk about the Goo office, like the the city, yeah, uh, the district office. Um, they obviously, I mean, not not obviously, like they might have done something wrong mm -hmm. that exacerbate, exacerbated this incident. And um, that's the latest. Okay, because it seems like there's been this effort to try to politicize this. Event. Absolutely, that's and why so I'm this not sounds saying anything. Like a yeah. Politicization. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that, not to invalidate. Right, right. Obviously, some yeah. some blame to go around, right. perhaps. But the thing that, again, I'm not I'm not Korean, and I am always very careful in making presumptions about a culture that is my adopted home, and you know, which, which I have enormous respect for, also some frustrations with. But it was Halloween. You're talking about a generation of young people who, for the past two years, have been told to avoid contact with each other, to hide, because we had a pandemic going on. And I'm not saying anything either way, you know, for or against, but just the fact that they were in this situation where they were being denied their ability to express themselves and to get out mm -hmm. and be with other people and, and to enjoy be with life each other. Yeah. And to be with each other. The restrictions drop, the, you know, finally. And this is the first Halloween. This is the first, finally, the f this is the first Halloween where they get to go out mm -hmm. and be young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have a good time. Yep. And party. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened. And it's, Young people, it's devastating, exuberant, yeah. yep. joyful, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to do this. You know, there's a, there's an element to holy shit. You know, we talked to Gino in a in a podcast that we did for um, the Cohen uh, Brothers movie, yes. Inside Lewin yeah, Davis, yeah. and he we asked him about the the pandemic and live music, mm -hmm. and his comment stuck with me. He said, "Are we going to remember how to do this mm -hmm. when it's over?" And I think that this is this kind of a situation where nobody was prepared for the enthusiasm. Yes. And also there's something of it, like that reminded me of Woodstock 99 about this incident. Right. Cause we because, talked about that in, yeah. I think in our last podcast. And that is why the one thing that really disgusts me is the victim blaming. You know, there are a lot of these like yeah. boomers on their high horses saying like, oh, you know, why did you go out when you knew that there were, you can't, young people are going to do things yes. like this. It's very natural for them to do, you know, to go out yeah. and party, go to clubs, whatever. It is entirely on us as the previous generation, mm -hmm. to, entirely on the previous, and I'm including myself in Me it, too. to not create a fucking situation like that. Mm -hmm. And if you can't see that as an older person, then there's something seriously wrong with you. Like that, that's all I have to say about I that. I agree with you. Yeah. And yeah. on both sides of the political spectrum. Like, and again, not that this is necessarily connected to the pandemic, mm -hmm. except that I think it is, there's a certain I, psyche I absolutely think it is, yeah. to this. The people who are victim blaming mm -hmm. are the people that the young people sacrificed their lives and togetherness yes. for their for, health. Yeah. And I think that's as political as I want to get with yes. it. But that to me is wrong. It's, it 
so wrong. And it makes me so angry at this one generation in Korea that I, I always say that there's a very problematic generation in this country that really is fucking up every single thing imaginable. The values, the real estate market, the air mm-hmm. development like the soul-centric development mm-hmm. that they you know achieved during the 70s and 80s and they're just on their high towers or whatever and obviously i'm not talking about an age group but i'm talking about a specific class and generation mm-hmm. and they're just going like well uh they're not taking any responsibility for anything not only are they not taking any responsibility for anything they are the victim blaming drives me crazy <laughs> It's the victim blame. Yeah. That's that's the problem. Is and and then there's becomes a caricature of yes. the victims. Yeah. Um. That they you know they go out and it's Halloween and they're mm. appropriating an American yes. tradition and there's you know like and I'm like the it doesn't devil, matter. Yeah. Halloween and the devil. There's yeah. a religious. Element it doesn't to matter it. what they were out there for. No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm so angry. Like the the victim blaming and then the rumor mongering about like how some of the, those kids were like on drugs and shit like that. Somebody like you know and there was. Well, some probably were. That's beside the point, though. It totally besides the point. And also, there's this like Itaewon villainizing thing that has been always been happening. Yeah. Because it is, you know, a lot of foreigners. So basically, Itaewon became Itaewon because it is right next to what used to be the main American military base. And that's why Itaewon, back in like the 90s, when I first went there, um, it was known as this district where only foreigners went out to yeah when i was here in the early 2000s i didn't i didn't like itaewon because it was so packed with foreigners and but military it, people but and military people but yeah. lately it's become this vibrant korean area yeah but with I, foreigners also yes, there's yes, mu- there's much more of a mix yeah, now and it's also known to be lgbtq um friendly mm-hmm. like uh what we call there's homer hill and hooker hill yeah on, in itaewon and all of us older people still call it Homo Hill and Hooker Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, but it's because there were hookers and mm-hmm. gay bars on mm-hmm. these two hills. Yeah. And then, you know, around the early 2010s, it became very popularized to young Korean people who wanted mm-hmm. to see, wanted to experience gay bars and who wanted to, you know, go out and be free. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. I was 19, I would go out and then, you know, like... Mm. and. I met like so many great people. Like it, it was, it was a cultural. Like I mean, there were a lot of problems with Itaewon, but also it was a cultural. It's a very, very valuable experience that right. I had when I was uh, a young person. The age of those people, those kids who went out on Halloween, mm-hmm. and obviously some boomers hate that. <laughs> well, there is a collision. There's a <laughs> Itaewon marks kind of a collision point of, yeah. of so many different things, and it it is now generational. I mean, we should say the. The boomers are the generation that kind of modernized Korea and, mm-hmm. you know, so... And they think that we, the rest of us, owe them everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quite a... Um, they, it's the Korean miracle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so respect to them. But yeah, now it there does feel like there's a lot of resentment. I don't know if they deserve the respect that they think that they ha- they need because you just happen to be born in that generation. Like, you didn't... You're not personally responsible for my okay. life you i'm know? not going to comment on that yeah <laughs> i'll leave it to my you my parents the Korean... excluded but like yeah. you know my parents obviously like had a personal you know, well everybody's like, got a different story we have to keep that in mind yeah, that every person from that's any generation exactly what i'm saying like yeah. it wasn't the the society that they created 
was not what they think it is, is not what they think that they created. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The result of them pursuing profit. Yeah, so which maybe can lead us into the movie Parasite. So let's take a quick break. So let's talk about the movie Parasite. And I know that this movie has been talked about ad nauseum, but we live in Seoul. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's a film person, PhD. Right. No pressure. So how do we want to lead into this? Maybe we can branch off some of what we were talking about mm-hmm. in terms of the uh, tragedy that happened in Itaewon uh, as a way of kind of leading us into some of the themes of this movie. Okay. I do have an opening. Sure. I, I Please have, do. Yeah. And you're not going to like it because it's very extreme. I like things that I don't like. Okay. Go for it. Um, so I, everybody who knows me personally knows that I really hate my country. I've always hated my country. Yeah. Would I say it's a love-hate? Not even. Like, I think it's just like a... I Okay, so let, let me put it this way. I'm not particularly ashamed of being Korean. Um, I think, you know, like I'm okay with it. It is what it is, right? But I never would choose to live here if I hadn't been born here and my parents, or, you know, I never would have chosen to live here. And it really boggles my mind that some people like you do. <laughs> I know that you... I mean, can I ask you, what is it so, about yeah. yes. Korea or is it Seoul or what is it that harms your spirit? Yeah, I think we live in a particularly vulgar and ma- like a, I wouldn't even say masochistic. It's, a, it's just a psychotically profit-driven society at all costs. Pathologically, how about Pathological, that? Pathological, Yeah. It is pathologically obsessed with material status and whatever, you know, and, and in the pursuit of that, anything that is sacrificed is okay. And I'm not sure if that is because we have been modernized so quickly, you know, industrialization happened in, in the a generation. speed in, in which it happened in this country is like unheard of, mm-hmm. right? I'm not sure if that's what it is or I'm... Or, and recently I started thinking, is it in our national spirit of inferiority, you know, because we have an inferiority like thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But I really hate it. And, but the thing is, this is where I'm going. Okay. The one thing that came out of that, Uh this toxic pathological, you know, value system and culture is Uh incredible social commentary in the form of film and art. Yes. Because I'm thought I'm thinking I'm also thinking about Squid Game and yeah. how what an accurate metaphor like an a- analogy that was for Korean society and Parasite I think it, it just depicts Korea the best modern Korean society in a way that I am very astonished to see that it happened in one film like a film. Yeah, it film. seems to capture a lot of what are the problems with Seoul yeah. in one film. Mm-hmm. So let me let me give a little perspective on mm-hmm. this. I, you know, you posed the question why I live here and why I've lived in Korea for you know, I lived here from 2007 to 2012, I think, 2013. And then I left and I came back to be with you. Yes. In 2019? No. 2020? 2021. God, is it 2022 already? Yeah. Okay. 2021, I came back to be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Busan mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really love about being in Korea mm-hmm. 
is I can disappear into the culture without understanding the language mm -hmm. and with having a convenient ignorance. Mm -hmm. And I can see it as a source of fascination to me. And mm -hmm. it is fascinating yeah, okay. to me. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the United States, I'm extremely bored. Mm. And here, everything's different and interesting. Mm. See, when I'm in the United States... I feel what could be boredom to you. For me, it's like peace. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But then what I do see and what I recognize, and what I, I recognize everything that you're saying. Uh, I mean, in terms of the pathology of capitalism mm -hmm. that exists here, and its its soul is the shining example of this, um, this new form of capitalism, which is seeped into the cells of individuals. And so that capitalism is not just, you know, the idea of exploitation is no longer just going to work and being exploited for your labor. Mm -hmm. It's now that a kind of self-exploitation that happens okay. Mm -hmm. In terms of competition yep. with your neighbors mm -hmm. and your with yourself. friends, yeah. with yourself, yeah. with your siblings. Mm -hmm. And so what we find in this movie is the the people who are doing well, mm -hmm. the wealthy, mm -hmm. and the people who are not doing so well who work for them. Yes. And this extends to labor such as being a housewife, or sorry, a, uh, a maid, mm -hmm. and the housewife doesn't have to do shit. Right. And she's kind of this flighty, brilliant performance by, what's the actor? Cho Yeojong. Yeojong Cho, yeah. Yeah. Uh, brilliant performance by her. She, she does this perfect, flighty kind of um, housewife who doesn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got a maid there, and then you've got, you know, the, the English tutors, mm -hmm. and you've got the driver mm -hmm. for, the, for the husband who works for a tech company yeah. and makes a lot of money through tech company so you've got this divide between and and they kind of assume themselves into this lifestyle mm -hmm. because they can live at this house just and totally grift off of them right yeah um rather than their current existence of folding pizza boxes right and living in a shitty right um basement dwelling kind of apartment a with a window basement. that peeks out into the street and people are pissing on the streets yeah. and drunk you right. know in a back it's, alley it's not so recently by the way the city of seoul well the government finally after like decades decided that these were not suitable living conditions for people right it's mm -hmm. against it's against human rights to you know rent out these places okay. because they flooded and people died in right there. we had a flood recently yeah. and and the thing is, the thing in Parasite happened, yeah. which is there's a massive flood. It happens floods all the time. The, the, the basement apartment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, apparently this happens all mm -hmm. the time. But it took the move. This is what I love about Korean movies. Mm -hmm. It's a small enough culture. This couldn't happen in this. Well, it could happen in the state, mm -hmm. but it usually doesn't. The U.S. political system is so. I mean, it's, Korea is the size of Vermont. Yeah, and so geographically, you can actually yeah. think that the, the impact of the arts yeah. on society mm -hmm. actually works mm -hmm. uh, from time to time, and not, maybe not in a systemic way. Right. But things like oh, now these basement apartments are considered a human rights violation mm -hmm. because of the of the movie, right. which is fantastic. Yeah. But that's kind of the setting of the. That's kind of the uh, you know the collision that happens in mm -hmm. the movie. There's also um, not so subtle uh, hints that. 
Bong Joon-ho is uh, offering in terms of what you could see as American colonialization. Of yeah, Korea. totally. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. So and, and it was subtle. So there's yeah. not only the English lessons, which mm -hmm. is one aspect. Mm -hmm. It's also um, like th that the kid is really into Native American culture. Yes. And Cult, yeah. yeah, the mediated yeah version of Native American. Right, right. Yeah. And where... Where the where the wealthy in the United States just took over Indian yes. land, mm -hmm. and here you've got this kind of culture, this American culture that this kid is really interested in, mm -hmm. and um, kind of permeating, you know, totally the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So that so there's these these colonial kind of underpinnings. There's also that he works for a tech job, you know, and it's all kind of modeled on, you know, the Silicon Valley of the 1990s totally. and yeah. things like that. Um, it's just it's just fascinating. And I love Bong Joon-ho and I love Korean film for being able to do this, which is to bring in these political elements that you pick up on a subconscious mm -hmm. level that really draw these things out. And um, the tech mogul or whatever, yeah. he... Um, so there's no real old money in this country, right? Like any money is like... It was brought about pretty, by tech yeah. and development. yeah. And so if you're Korean old money, it will go back like the furthest it would go back would be three generations, I think, like mm -hmm. three to four generations. Mm -hmm. And that's as old as, as you get, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually like kind of shameful to be old money because it implies that your family at some point was a Japanese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like during the college the when we were colonized by japan like your family probably sided with the japanese government and that's how you got wealthy or something right or whatever but that it's some sort of japan related wealth that was a little bit taboo so unlike most cultures that i've lived in there is a celebration of new money here mm. it's like oh my god you did this yourself mm. and mm. wow you're like better than everybody because you are the first generation mm -hmm. to a to have this massive wealth and I'm going to do it too. And that's why we worship Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Right. Yeah. They, like this Koreans country. Really oh my God. Yeah. When Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs died, there were. I was there. Like people crying and I was shit. here when it happened. Like, why are you crying? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that movie, there were like these like nerds, Korean nerds crying, like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. at the Steve Jobs movie theater. Uh, at the movie theater and the Steve Jobs movie. And I was like, dude, what the hell? Um, anyway, nothing against Steve Jobs. I love Apple products. But anyway, that's the kind of mentality that's maybe different from like, you know, I mean, I, I lived in France for nearly a decade and it's the opposite, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, you yeah. made all this money yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, so you must be really dedicated to money you know like that's mm, sort of mm, like mm. the french well but yeah. that's the korean but koreans are proud of now. it yeah, yeah they're proud of yeah. it and it is it has never been more pronounced than now mm -hmm. during this post-pandemic and an impending massive financial crisis mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is so heightened at the moment mm -hmm. um which is the reason we see like that cryptocurrency dude who is now like a riff, like fleeing from like you know his passport is near no longer valid because he's like hiding from the Interpol wants him like the, he's hiding from the Korean government because Koreans were trying to get quick money on this cryptocurrency yes and they also worshipped this guy who was a scam artist yeah who, yeah, who yeah. was basically he, it was multi level marketing there is a cult figure element to Korean yeah. society 
it's not really in this film, I don't think. It, that that aspect maybe is not. No, but I'm trying to I'm trying to explain yeah. that new money is a good thing here. Yeah. And it was um, And he is a shining example. He the, is a shining the example. The father and the yes. husband is a shining example. Right. And he's also aloof to everything that's going right. on. He, right. You can tell he's smart. Yeah. Like he and some of the in, most interesting scenes he has is uh-huh. when he's in the backseat of the car totally. and being driven around by the driver. Yeah. And he's like cuz this this one scene where the driver um what's the actor's name? Songa yeah, he's really well known in in Korea. He was in Memories of Murder and mm-hmm. um, so I, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Um, Thirst by Park Chan-wook. Priest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So many great films. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like driving. It's like yeah, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. like yeah. At, a, at another driver, and right. you know, like the guy's like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a classy driver would not do this, right? But what's funny is that the the father figure. You know that the tech mogul or whatever he is disgustingly new money, and he's not yes. classy. He's not, and he demonstrates this over and over. He's so he's so perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's so, the 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 characterization of him yes. is so absolutely perfect because I know him so well. Mm. I I I know this motherfucker so well. I I deal with these people every day, mm-hmm. and they have this um innate vulgarity about them that Mm. actually becomes worse with the money Mm -hmm. so it's actually the vulgarity heightens with the money and the status because Mm -hmm. they were like there's nothing vulgar about not having money but there is something very vulgar about being obsessed with money and also using money as power Mm. and using money and your money to oppress other people. Mm-hmm. That is what I call vulgar. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't come from anything, you know, there's nothing vulgar about people, you know, who are making a hard, honest living. But that guy, mm-hmm. there is a certain vulgarity about that. And in American literature, it has been explored. In French literature, it has been explored. And now we are exploring, finally exploring to, this yeah. in Korea. Right. And I think this is a very good thing. Well, it's, it's just the power of this film. Mm-hmm. Because here's the other element to this film that's important to say. Like, you and I met in 2019, mm-hmm. and we kind of hooked up mm-hmm. in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. Why did I say it like that? I don't, I don't know. know. It's funny. <laughs> um, we hooked up in Chiang Mai in January. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was going to leave and go back to my job in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. The pandemic pushed back our semester, so I got to stay for another week. And I came to Seoul to be with mm-hmm. you. And that's right when the academy awards happened yes and then you watched it and we watched the academy awards in your apartment in shinsa yeah and everybody was stunned and it was Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. and it what koreans really love (laughs) is to be on the public radar totally yeah and we saw that with uh kim yana this the figure skater yeah Definitely. We saw this with the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though it had personally had nothing to do with you, like as a person. <laughs> hey, it's in the blood, man. It's in the Korean blood. Okay, so when Parasite won the Academy Awards, I didn't think that that had anything to do with me. Like, it wasn't, like, I didn't feel pride. You're different. In a, yeah. But Most it's Koreans... problematic. It's problematic to claim that is what I'm saying. Fucking poor BTS. The whole country looks to them as public servants. This is how nationalism works. This and is, it's this is, wrong. Yeah, it's I, vulgar. Yeah, it yeah. is. So, but so all of a sudden there's a swelling of pride, mm-hmm. and then Squid Game happened mm-hmm. more recently. But all of this is compounded, and Korea is now legitimately 
this amazing um, producer of movies and television content, you know, for streaming and, and in the theaters. It's entertaining, like all right, especially well, but, if you don't live here. But it's so, yeah. it's so incisive yes. um, politically, socially, in a way that I don't think, I mean, obviously other nations' cinema is able to do this, but Korea is doing it so well. Mm-hmm. And this film is an example of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's legitimately a powerful film that is also very entertaining and very well made. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both, when we finished watching it, we were like, that movie is better than we thought it was. Yeah, it was better than the first viewing. So we saw I mean, it yeah. uh, before the Academy Awards, right? I mean, yeah, I didn't know you back then, but I saw it. Okay, yeah, so I saw yeah. it and you saw it, we yeah. saw it separately. But yeah, but yeah and, and it was great. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't until this viewing, mm-hmm. after the pandemic maybe, yes. Yes. After, after me being flooding. in Seoul yes. for a while, after the flooding, yeah. after the Itaewon tragedy, yes. we watched this movie. Right. And all of these elements started to come together. Mm-hmm. So what it says about Seoul, I, I don't know um, if it's easy to capture what that is, mm-hmm. but it is this massive obsession with wealth. Mm-hmm. But what Bong Joon-ho does that's quite genius is he doesn't make a good versus evil. See, this would be, I think, what American cinema might do, mm-hmm. is it's going to cast the, the, the underclass the as the good mm-hmm. guys yeah. overcoming mm-hmm. the bad guys, even as the United States celebrates mm-hmm. the type of families yeah. that are the wealthy family, right. narratively, cinematically, mm-hmm. artistically, we like to celebrate the underdog who come, who overcomes right yes so they would be the good guys especially now with for lack of a better term woke culture what you've got here is the the a fucking shit show yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's just a shit show so the 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 lower class which are kind of shady too totally shady which is how things are yeah exactly more often than not yeah it's a fucking everybody's shit show. shitty yeah. and everybody is caught up in the same oh yeah money driven uh psychology right. psyche condition of this new form of capitalism that pervades our pores absolutely and everybody is i hate this word a victim Mm. of this system in my opinion yeah okay yeah even Uh, the wealthy yeah legitimately even the wealthy wealthy, yeah yeah, i mean i know that sounds very like no i think let the bath cake but (laughs) (laughs) and i and i don't mean it in you know that their suffering matches you know the suffering of like people who legitimately suffer but I don't think you could quantify that. It's not, it's not quantifiable, but I do see a lot of suffering, you know, unnecessary, mm. just, it, it, and I call it poison. It's, it's like poison. That's a good word. Yeah. That's the right word, I think. And once you drink that poison, I mean, I almost kind of drank that poison recently. Like, I got really caught up on making, like, hitting a certain number mm-hmm. of you know, because I freelance, so I could, the harder I work, the more money I make. Mm-hmm. And I recently went through a burnout, but I got really caught up. I was also like trying to, you know, do the thing that everybody does. Like, you know, I was like, oh my God, everybody's buying a house in Seoul, so mm-hmm. I should get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And this nearly just killed me because mm-hmm. um, I can't afford it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'll have to work like this for the next 20 years yeah. in order to afford it. Right. Barely. And then what did I do for 20 years? Like I bought an apartment and sold, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then so recently I decided this is not the life that I want. All right. But I understand it manifests differently for people, you know, in different tax brackets or mm-hmm. whatever situations. 
but it's the same yeah. fucking poison. And it But it's a daily poison. It's it's it is. It's, it's something that everybody drinks. Yeah. And it just happens at different expressions. Yes. <laughs> different yes. forms, different levels. And Pong Juno for some reason understands this in such an acute way mm. that it and it's so subtle because the Squid Game director, he understands this too, but it's also very like in your face mm -hmm. like it's very dramatic and obviously it's it's a masterpiece i think squid game when mm -hmm. i think back on it it's brilliant um because it's a commentary on like people taking out loans you know people desperate people people overspending yeah so what happens in korea is people there's there's a lot of or what happens in seoul mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of people who drive sports cars for, for sure. example yeah. who can't afford their rent mm -hmm. we the call them car poor so they're poor because they spend too much money on their cars. So then the question comes up, why do they spend so much money on their cars? So this has been, I've, I've, I've watched YouTube videos on this of people like, it, they're like testimonies of people who, young people who mm -hmm. got cars that they couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like interviews on like why they did it. And it's because, you know, for me, I feel like there's nothing much to do in this country for young people besides show off your wealth go to clubs. That's it. Yeah. That was going to be my answer. Yeah. Um, because we didn't teach them anything else. All we taught them was that there is a moral obligation that each of us have to make more money than our parents mm. and give it to them. That is basically the base of our education, right? Mm. Um, I was born in 1983, so I'm mm. an echo baby boomer. Okay. Our education entirely revolved around, like quite literally, you need to make this country richer. You need to go out there. You're going to work hard, right? You're going to study hard. First, you're going to memorize all these test, you know, <laughs> answers. Yeah. And then you're going to get into one of the three acceptable colleges in the country, yep. which I kind of did miraculously. Mm -hmm. And then you need to go out and get a job at one of the four acceptable companies mm -hmm. that <laughs> fuel basically like single-handedly like you know, carry our economy. Yeah. And then, or you should um, be like an outlier of some sort mm. and achieve fame for your country. Mm, right, right, right. And then they always say like, like you need to do this for your country. Mm -hmm. I was always like, what? <laughs> well, because you grew up in... <laughs> You were, Am I doing? I don't even like this. You're country. a child of the United States, and you lived in France for eight years. So. Yes, but but can you imagine? I was a child of the United States. The only thing that I'm ever going to be loyal to is probably the city of New York. That's the only thing that I that can do no wrong to me. Mm. It's New York or nowhere. Mm. Like to be honest, like that's my love for that place is bigger than anything I've mm. ever known. But you know, I, so I you know I come here, and then like all of a sudden they try to shove this ideology down my throat of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you need to serve your country and your parents but first you need to serve your parents right right your boomer parents who worked so hard to like provide this life for you and this right. opportunity so they didn't teach us the arts not in a meaningful no, way I, I mean i was a, yeah. I, i've been a professor in korea yeah. and um the people who study arts are girls who like watching tv yes and are looking for a husband yeah yeah they didn't teach us critical thinking they didn't right. teach us Writing. philosophy, 
how to enjoy nature, how to smell the trees, mm. how to interact with animals, you know, how to love animals, how to love each other, how to value people, your neighbors over your own fucking house, the price of your apartment. They didn't teach us any of that mm -hmm. shit. And now, you know what drives me crazy? We are doing that to our own children. I mean, mm. I don't have children personally. I see it. It's like, oh my God, you're doing the fucking same thing, except that you're teaching your kids AI or oh my God. fourth wave. <laughs> they call it, what? what is it? Fourth wave industrialization. Yes. Contents um, creation. <laughs> yeah, contents. I'm currently scouring job boards because I haven't been teaching for a while and I'm trying to get a new teaching position. The humanities, they have jobs in hu for teaching humanities. Humanities departments in Korea are now solely concerned with AI and robotics mm -hmm. and uh, social media. And maybe I'm just too old for this, but there's no space for critical thinking or there has the never been creative in this arts. There has never been in this country. But there was in the like in the 2000s. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. There was a weird window there. Yeah. yeah. And but you know, no, the metaverse is another mm -hmm. thing. Like mm -hmm. I get asked, so I get job interviews for positions and they, and it's like, well, what do you think of the metaverse? They probably don't even know what the metaverse is. Yeah. So they want me to tell them, I think. That, that happens a lot in Korean job interviews is they mm -hmm. want the candidate to tell them right. what it is. So they kind of use it as, as that in a way. And, you know, the vet, <laughs> I think, what was it? 11,000 jobs just got cut from... Meta on Facebook? <laughs> no, Twitter, wasn't it? Oh, Meta No, no, too. no. Twitter, Twitter's a different story. Yeah. But Meta, um, you know, they've tried the virtual reality. It's, it's just, the metaverse is just virtual reality, yeah, yeah. which failed in the 1990s. Uh -huh. Because so, who wants that? Yeah, because it's just a, it's just a medium of commodification. We, I mean, we Which makes it, it perfect for Korea in a way, yeah. because Koreans allow themselves to be commodified. But then, you know what? So Korea was like this hotbed of like, you know, ooh, the metaverse is like, if anywhere, it's going to work here, right? Yeah, exactly. That's blah, what I'm blah, saying. Blah. But then why did all these kids go out during Halloween? Why didn't they just hang because out? Because they're the resisting. Exactly. So this is another thing that Koreans are good at. This is the hope. Exactly. Is that there is an element of protest mm -hmm. and young people understand that I'm going to find my own way and I'm going to do things in my own way. And they constantly have a fight in this way with their parents so there's this there's this interesting kind of uh, tension mm -hmm. between Korean young people who want to be different, mm -hmm. yeah. and then kind of the establishment that wants them to be the same. And I think it's just easy easier to just give in mm -hmm. for the necessity of a job yeah. and for the necessity of is she doing her thing? Yeah, she's. So our border collie has this thing that she does, which we call vo velociraptoring, right? Because she turns into a velociraptor, yeah. and. And we're not sure if she's humping or herself or scratching her butt. I think she's scratching her butt. Okay, yeah, recently we came up with the conclusion that she's probably scratching her butt, mm -hmm. but it looks very strange. Yeah. Um, what else can we say about soul? No, or but the going movie? back okay. to the metaverse. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those kids went out there because they don't want to hang out in the metaverse. Nobody wants to hang out in the metaverse. If the other option is Nobody. to hang out in real life, you want to go to a fucking rave. You don't want to go to a rave in the exactly. metaverse. And, and kids Mark know Zuckerberg. Yeah. Because you know what? Mark Zuckerberg, he was a loser. 
nobody wanted to hang out with him. And that's why he thinks that people want to hang out in the metaverse. I think he's AI, actually. Have you seen him? Yeah. He looks, there's no, there's no, there's no texture there, there. to his skin. There's no there there. But also, he was, we all saw the, the social network movie. He was a loser. Nobody liked him. No, nobody likes him still. You know, nobody, nobody really likes Mark Zuckerberg, even people who worship him, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really like him. But what I'm saying is we are doing this again to our children. Yeah. We are the same toxicity about profit and industrialization that we were in accumulation. In accumulation. We are doing that to our children, mm-hmm. not me, because I don't have any children. And that's what this movie shows. Yes. Because these are, mm-hmm. not quite sure, would you call them millennials, the parents? Yeah. No, no, not, no. The parents are like boomers, I think. And the kids, I don't, yeah, no. technically they're, because boomers extend to like 1966. Okay, then maybe, they're, no, they're, they're, no, they're millennials. They're your age. Oh, the kids, you mean? The parents. The parents are not my age. In Parasite. In Parasite. I'm only, I'm not even 40. I know. Yeah. And they seem to be about that age. No. Are they older? They're so much older than that. They're like 50. They're like maybe your age. Okay, they're Generation yeah. X then. Yeah. But I also think that they are late boomers because um, the their kids, kids are in their, their 20s. Kid. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, the oldest kid one... was like 25 or something, 24. Which kid was that? The son. No, was the son 24. was a little eight. Oh, you mean the. The rich parents. Yeah, I'm parents. talking about the rich parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. they're probably more, no, they're, yeah, they're probably like late Gen X or elder millennial. Yeah, yeah. so about your yeah, age, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're right. The so the uh, the what would you call it? The lower class. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, they were more. They were older. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even think about that generational difference. But yeah, those parents, mm-hmm. those wealthy parents, mm-hmm. are around the age of the parents who are bringing up six, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen year olds. Yeah. Right now, who are like, oh, let's. Get go send them to an AI hagwon or something. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I have a vision of Seoul in the future. Yes. I told you this. We were talking. We had a mm-hmm. kitchen table conversation yep. earlier today. Mm-hmm. I have a vision, and you have a vision, and say they overlap a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So my vision is there. Seoul. It's also been very polluted uh, mm-hmm. recently. Um, the future of Seoul, I would say, in thirty years is going to be completely networked Mm -hmm. with these remaining old buildings Mm -hmm. with some new kind of grand penis towers, Mm -hmm. high rises. Mm -hmm. Did you know when I was a kid, the word high rise also meant erection? Anyway, um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know why I even thought of that, Mm -hmm. except that, okay. Um, But anyway, it's going to be heavily networked. It's going to be somehow, there's going to be a, like a, uh, uh, there's AI and then there's augmented reality, you know, where things are out in front, like Google Glass kind of stuff, mm. um, where people are going to be walking around, you know, interacting with things that aren't there. But it's going to be really kind of this network grid of soulless people who have practiced this lifestyle. Well, who have practiced AI yeah. and who are now living in service to artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm automation and you're going to see people walking around as if they're robots Mm -hmm. and everybody who is creative or is a fucking human being Mm -hmm. has left the peninsula Mm -hmm. and the people who remain are completely entertained Mm -hmm. they're making money Mm -hmm. and they are completely in service Mm -hmm. to automation robotics and artificial intelligence well that that it's going to be a very interesting place that if you parachuted in, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Are these right. people people? Well, 30 years. That, what is it? Like That's my cloud prediction. atlas. 
yeah. depicted soul as that. It did predict yeah. it that way. And also the faces yeah. because of all the plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. But, you know, there's this weird conspiracy theory that is not really a conspiracy theory. I think it's actually the truth. That the super wealthy in Korea, like the top 1%, right? Um, Are going to bail. No, they actually raise their kids in real life with nature. Like they're, they're like without phones, without technology. They're going to bail. Because they're going to bail. And yeah. also they're not going to be in service mm -hmm. to this whatever system. Mm -hmm. And so the metaverse and all this like, you know, virtual reality stuff mm -hmm. is for people who cannot afford basic things like land, oxygen, food that tastes, you know, mm -hmm. real and good mm -hmm. and pets. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have no. children like really. Because it's yeah. the only thing that they're going to be trained to do mm -hmm. is to be in service to the AI and yeah. machine, the machinery, the network, the grid, the mm -hmm. matrix. Yeah. So the matrix is not going to be a computer programmer mm -hmm. or a computer program, the matrix is going to be real electronics, I think. Yes. And it's going to be a hybrid kind of online yeah. um, material kind of electronics that people are, because that's what they're educating people in college now. Yeah. That's what they're doing economically. But the and it's wealthy, going to be a, yeah, it's going to be this the matrix. wealthy are the sending wealthy, their right. kids to Oxford to yeah. study the humanities. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. And they're like riding horses mm -hmm. and they're planting trees and shit and, and they gardening. Have border collie. Yeah. Who are really wanting more attention. <laughs> Yeah, we have been neglecting yeah. you for a full 40 minutes. Is this a, is this a good spot to stop? Yes, I okay. think so. <laughs> so we don't know what we're going to do next. We don't know when we're going to do it next. Um, but I think we will, soon. Yeah. Yeah. We were thinking maybe, I have an idea for really one. What is it? Well, we're going to have to do Paris. We're going to have to do San Francisco because uh -huh. both of us have lived there. Uh -huh. And But I don't want to say because we have okay. to discuss it. I've got an idea for Paris, actually. Oh. Yeah. But we'll see. So she doesn't like being ignored. No, she doesn't. She and she loves having all of your attention. Yeah. Oh, and it's dinner time almost. Oh yes. Okay. So this has been fun. It has been very fun and, and very therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, nice to be back. I really like that. You know, at least two people are going to listen to this. At least two people in Seoul, and then we'll get five people outside of Seoul who will listen to this. All right. Well, Cece, see Jim. you next time. I mean, I'll see you soon because we're going to cook dinner. Yeah. But everybody else... See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>